You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 13 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. How you doing? I hope everyone is well. I'm your host, Leroy Luna, coming at you straight out of the closet with another fabulous episode. This one is food-related yet again. Believe it or not, this isn't a podcast for foodies. I noticed a pattern here. It took me a while, but I got there. It started with the pizza prankster, then we had tea and eggs... A little ragu sauce before chowing down on some nasty roast beef sandwiches at Arby's. If I don't break this trend soon, I'm going to have to start wearing a bib while I'm writing these. Keep the drool off my keyboard. Oh man, and I have another one that I'm going to have to put on the back burner where we'll be visiting some fancy restaurants. It's such a fun story, but it'll have to wait a bit. Before we get into today's pettiness, fun fact, I was originally going to call this show Petty. Play some Tom Petty tunes in the background as I discuss petty people committing petty crimes. Would have been awesome. Anyways, I have more joke reviews here. Please keep them coming. These jokes are actually food-related. Amazing coincidence. Punny ones, too. I enjoyed them, but they may actually be better in written form than they are when read out loud. There's only one way to find out. I'll try my best to do them justice. The first one comes from my pal Athena. Like myself, she's a Canadian gal, and she says... Two peanuts were walking through a park, and one was assaulted. Aw, I hope the peanut was okay. And the next one comes from another Canadian, Gus from Nelson, B.C., and he says, Did you hear about the cheese delivery truck that crashed recently? Debris was everywhere. You know what that sound means. Let us cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to have you back home in time for lunch. That's right, this is an early one. So grab a cup of joe, and let's go. Excuse me. 
episode number 13, No Such Thing as a Free Breakfast. A thief is a thief, whether he steals a diamond or a cucumber. That's an Indian proverb. Very wise. About 10 years ago, after getting fired yet again, I was struggling for work, trying to figure out where I belonged in this cruel, cruel world. As I perused the classified section in the newspaper, I couldn't help but notice the amount of security jobs available. Security guards wanted over and over again. So $300 later, I took a five-day course, passed the test, and received my security license. A proud moment. This was when I realized what a sham that was. While I'm sure there are some pretty sweet gigs in security, I'd say about 90% of them for common folks like myself with little to no experience or for minimum wage, boring as hell, long hours, just not very pleasant at all. I didn't end up working even one minute of security, but had a few interesting interviews. This one time I met up with a burly dude in a muscle shirt at a local Tim Hortons coffee shop. Canada's number one place for brewing up shitty coffee, and apparently even shittier job interviews. So weird. I've had at least five interviews at Tim Hortons. So I meet up with this brute who's munching on a cooler and sipping his coffee. He sizes up my skinny frame, wipes his hands on his cargo shorts before standing up, and giving me a hearty handshake. He had a private security firm, or so he said. Seemed legit. I mean, after all, I I found the guy on Kijiji. He said he had a job that I'd be perfect for. There was a local drugstore, Shoppers Drug Mart, that had a very bad shoplifting problem. A lot of thefts recently. So my job was to go in there in my regular clothes, just act casual, grab a shopping cart and walk around the store and try to catch people in the act. This was for an eight-hour shift. Three to eleven I was supposed to stroll around in there and eyeball people. So ridiculous. Why not install more cameras or just have me stand at the entrance of the store in a security outfit? I'm sure that would be a reasonable deterrent. I had so many questions. This seemed extremely amateur, but also like I was being recruited for a top-secret mission at the same time. He said the owner thought that employees could also be involved. So to keep an eye on them, the plot thickens. The manager would be the only one who knew what I was there for. This wasn't even a very big store, so I'm sure after a few hours, employees would be suspicious of me. Imagine on my third or fourth day. The whole thing was insane. And I'm a skinny dude. Uh, 5 feet 11 inches tall, 165 pounds. Uh, I've packed on a little weight the past couple years, but back then I probably weighed about 140. Not an intimidating presence at all. I asked what I was supposed to do when I caught somebody. Armed with only a notepad, he said there was an office in the back and I was to escort them there. Then call the police and wait for them to show up and handle it. Keep in mind the employees wouldn't even know I was security. I guess I just flashed them my badge. That would have went smoothly. But I said, okay, sounds great. When can I start? Just agreeing with this man and saying whatever I could to quickly get out of this strange job proposition. He told me he'd call me and let me know more details and tell me when my first shift was going to begin. I didn't give much thought to that interview afterwards until about a week later when my phone rang five times in a row. It was the security dude. I didn't answer his calls. He left numerous messages saying he had plenty of candidates and I better call him back quick or I'd miss out on this opportunity. He called 10 more times over the next couple days. I'm surprised he didn't come over to my house and knock down the door. I kind of regret not showing up and doing one shift just to see what happened, simply out of curiosity. Like I said, I hadn't worked in security before, but this job or mission, I should say, was pretty intriguing. Didn't seem like it would last very long either. Ironically, not very much job security in this job doing security. 
I'm not a very confrontational person at heart, so for me this would have been a nightmare. Luckily, not everyone's like me. There are some people out there who face these type of situations head on, keeping the streets safe and protecting businesses and their shelves from theft, no matter how big or how small. Okay. Today's story takes us to Brookhaven, which is a tiny borough located in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. According to a 2010 census, the population in Brookhaven was 8,006. So it's a very small suburban setting. Niche.com, this is a new one, ranks Brookhaven as number 8,441 on their list of best places to raise a family in America. Is that good? I have no idea. Doesn't matter because we're not going to be here for long, and we most definitely aren't here to raise a family. We will be spending the entirety of our time in Brookhaven inside a Wawa. Huh? What's a Wawa, you say? Well, you see, Wawa is an American convenience store chain. I went on their website. They claim to have more than 850 stores in the U.S. Majority of them also have a gas station out front, open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You get the picture. I would call it a high-class convenience store for what that's worth. Sure, you can get the typical items, pack of smokes, some beef jerky, maybe a Red Bull, all the stuff you want, but you definitely don't need. But they also have a variety of fresh foods, more than your typical convenience store. Soups, salads, freshly brewed coffee, breakfast sandwiches, and built-to-order hoagies. They even deliver. I'm ashamed to say it, but those hoagies actually look delicious. There's this one called the Gobbler Hoagie with mashed potatoes. Let's get a description here. Tender hot turkey, savory gravy, and cranberry sauce, plus mashed potatoes and garlic aioli. It's like Thanksgiving on a roll. Beautiful. Believe it or not, Wawa is not a sponsor of the show, although you wouldn't know it from the way I'm blabbering on. If they were, though, that would have been a pretty smooth advertisement, if I do say so myself. Let's enter the Brookhaven Wawa convenience store located on Edgemont Avenue. The date is Wednesday, May 2nd, 2012, around 7.40 in the a.m. There's a man by the name of Kevin O'Brien waiting in line. Eventually, he walks up to the counter, pays for his cup of freshly brewed coffee, and just as he goes to walk out the door, someone grabs him by the jacket, and he is stopped in his tracks. Okay, I'm going to try something different here. We're going to rewind this scene about five minutes and watch it from the point of view of another customer, a man by the name of Randy McGoldrick. Just call me Leroy Tarantino here. So Randy is getting a couple of early morning items for himself when something catches his eye. He sees our man Kevin quickly stuff a couple of hash browns in his coat pocket. Strange. Randy can't really believe what he just saw, so he keeps an eye on this shady character. And sure enough, the man now grabs two hot and ready breakfast sandwiches, and he throws those in his other pocket. Randy definitely saw that. Then he sees the guy proceed to fix himself some coffee and go wait in line. I have some quotes from Randy McGoldrick from an interview he did with News 10, so let's start getting into those. Randy quote, I was giving him every benefit of the doubt. I was hoping he'd go to the register and pull the food out. End quote. But of course, as we know, Kev did not do that. He only paid for the coffee. It's at this point Randy discreetly calls for backup before approaching Kevin and grabbing him by the shoulder and flashing him his badge before he can make an exit. Oh yeah, that's right. Did I fail to mention Randy is a police officer? Totally slipped my mind. A minor detail. 
He's a plainclothes officer, so just looked like a regular guy. I guess that's why Kevin didn't pay any attention to him. All right, now we've gotten back up to speed here. After Randy stopped him, well, he was there, so let's get another quote. Plainclothes Randy quote? He looked down at my badge. He looked back at me, and he says, I didn't steal anything, officer. I didn't steal anything. And then he tried to run. End quote. Randy grabbed Kevin, said, you're under arrest. Then he took him into the office at the back of the store. One thing I haven't mentioned here is the size difference. Officer Randy looks to be a regular sized guy. He's maybe five foot nine inches tall, has a typical dad bod. Kevin, on the other hand, he doesn't look like a bodybuilder by any means, but he's a big guy. He's described as six feet four inches tall and 215 pounds. I saw store footage of them walking together, and there's a significant size advantage for Kevin. This situation of them walking to the back office reminds me of the security gig I thankfully never had. Kudos to people who work security, loss prevention, all that, at least the ones who do their job right, because no doubt if I were in that position, I would have looked the other way if I saw Kevin grab those breakfast sandwiches. Maybe even as a cop I'd let it slide. This is why I have respect for police officers who deal with this kind of stuff all the time, and obviously on a much larger scale, too. Police catch a lot of flack, but hey, to wear that badge and go out there every day takes some courage. Sure, it's an officer's duty to stop these things from happening, but as a customer, I was curious as to what most people would do in that situation. So I posted a survey on my Twitter account. I said if you were shopping and witnessed someone fill in their pockets with chocolate bars or sandwiches, for example, small items, what would you do? The three options were confront the thief, tell an employee, or mind your damn business. Obviously, it would depend on the situation, type of store, how intimidating the thief was, etc. But 99% of the time, I'd just look the other way. And it seems like most people agree. After 69 responses, nice, the results were in. 80% of people like me would mind their business, with 14% telling an employee, and 6% would actually confront the thief head-on. My wife was in that 6%, a hypothetical hero. I hope I'm not there if this ever goes down, because if she says something, I'm probably the one that's going to get spit on or punched in the face by the would-be thief. I thought those results were pretty interesting. Back to the story here. They go to the office together. Kevin's sitting down, trying to weasel his way out of trouble, claiming he forgot about the items in his pocket, and that he would pay for them. It was all a big misunderstanding. And that's when Randy breaks the news to him, that he's called for backup, and they're going to wait until the other officers arrive and arrest him. This is where things take a turn. Kevin decides, if I'm going to make a move, it's now or never, baby. Plain clothes Randy, quote, I guess he sized me up and figured, I gotta get out of here. So then he made a run for me, and so I grabbed him as he tried to escape. End quote. He knocks Kevin off balance, and Kev falls to the ground in the deli area. Uh-oh, now it's on. Tell us what happened next, Randy. He gets back up and crash we go. I tackle him into the uh, potato chip display. It, it, it was like the Wild Wild West. Now by this time, the employees are all backing away, and the customers, it was pretty scary for them. And myself. End quote. I like Randy. He's really getting into it. Big smile on his face as he recounts the details. So they tussle for what must have felt like hours, but in reality, it was maybe a couple minutes. They're really messing up the store when finally a couple dudes who were waiting in line run to the back to help out. Hit us with it, Randy. They jumped out of the line, and they jumped on top of me and the guy. It was awesome. And then they 
held him down, and I was able to get him handcuffed. And then my two patrol guys came. End quote. When all was said and done, thankfully no one suffered significant injury, just a couple bumps and bruises. Kevin O'Brien apologized and explained that he put up a fight because he didn't want to face jail time. Again. Kevin has a fairly long criminal history. He... Excuse me? (sighs) Okay, one more time, Randy. Then you gotta let me tell the story, man. Officer Randy, quote, What I didn't know, and we find out later, is that the guy had a warrant out for him. A bench warrant. Out for a previous robbery. Uh, thanks, Randy. Like I was saying, Kevin O'Brien was a repeat offender. He had previously been convicted of assault, robbery, and burglary. And on this day, he would add to that. Clearly, the brawl with a police officer was a parole violation. He's going back to jail with more offenses, including robbery and aggravated assault, amongst others. All over a few dollars worth of breakfast food. Food that he had the money to pay for. What a shame. Kevin strikes me as one of those people who just don't follow the rules set by society. There's a lot of people like that, and it's hard to feel bad for them. Sure, we all break the rules every now and again. Heck, I consider myself a good person, but I still occasionally speed on the highway, do a little jaywalking every now and again, take dumps and handicapped toilets. Occasionally, I don't pay for parking, don't pay for my cable, don't pay for a case of Coke at Walmart. Um, I don't know. I forgot what my point was here. Uh, there's so many laws and rules out there, and it's okay to break a minor one occasionally, but when you start to make it a habit, it's not cool. And Kevin has made law-breaking a habit. And that's a slippery slope. We have laws and rules to keep order. And without order, there's chaos. So don't be a Kevin. Don't pull an O'Brien. I guess that's my point. I hit up my boy Andrew, our resident behavioral expert for the show. And here's what he had to say on the matter. He probably thought he'd be able to walk out due to convenience store employees being specifically told not to detain or stop theft themselves. The guy obviously has poor impulse control. His previous charges can attest to this. He did offer to pay for the breakfast when he was caught and was at least willing to pay for the coffee. He probably didn't think the police would would get involved. After all, it was $7 worth of breakfast food. If not for the off-duty police officer, he would have dined for free somewhere. When he knew the cops were coming to talk to him, he was going to be hauled in for breaching probation. The brawl and damage to the store is Exhibit A on that one. He might even have been self-sabotaging. Some people prefer jail over trying to organize their own lives. It's much more structured. You're told when to eat, when to sleep, when to exercise, and so on. Thank you, buddy. He brings up some great points. Maybe self-sabotage, poor impulse control, absolutely. I really like what Andrew said about employees being told not to try and stop or detain thieves. This is a common theme in retail and places of this nature. The employee could get themselves in a lot of trouble accusing people of theft, or they could get hurt if they physically confront someone or they could be the ones getting arrested, or sued for trying to hold someone against their will. It's just not worth it. Our man Kev probably knew that, and at an imposing 6 feet 4 inches tall and 215 pounds, I'm sure he felt, even if he was confronted, he could uh, handle himself. This is basically just bad timing for him. Only a cop could have stopped him here, and he decided to steal right under one's nose. Unreal. Now, this incident wasn't an isolated occurrence. In fact, Wawa has had trouble with shoplifters in the past. For some reason, I was on Reddit, and I came across one of those shoplifters. Their username is Repentant Mistake Maker. So I want to read you their post from two years ago, titled, Questions About Shoplifting from Wawa. 
About a year ago, I was stopped at my local Wawa for putting a drink and some chips in my bag and leaving. I was stopped by the police in the parking lot and charged with the theft. The last thing the officer said to me was I was not allowed to return, and if I did, I was to be arrested for trespassing. I never received that in writing from the police, the courts, or anyone from Wawa, so I am unsure of the exact details of such a trespassing warning. I don't want to make excuses for what I've done. The incident was a real wake-up call. I have not stolen again since. I entered therapy and am still in active treatment. I joined a support group, started to get my life back on track, and by the end of the year, I have even re-entered the workforce. My criminal case has concluded, and I have paid my debt to society, as they say. This is my first time being arrested, and I am determined for it to be my last. I have tried to make amends by going to other locations to buy food for homeless people, and by putting money in those charity coin bins by the registers. I thought about buying the items I stole and leaving them behind to repay for what I took, but I realized that would cause an equally big inventory mess for another store, and that wouldn't be making anything better. I want to go and apologize to the store that I stole from, but I don't want to cause trouble for trespassing. I also would like to ask permission to once again visit that location, as my job may take me there from time to time. I likely wouldn't visit nearly as often as before out of embarrassment, but I'd like to know if I have to go there, I won't be asking for more trouble. Okay, that's the end of that first message. Um, If this person is for real, like you stole $5 worth of crap, you're acting like it was an armed robbery or you murdered someone, it's great that uh, they feel bad about it, but it was a stupid mistake. Just get over it. I'm sure nobody remembers. Now, I'm not too familiar with Reddit. I guess this was on the Wawa page or something because it actually got a a few responses. Uh, from employees. I'm going to read the one from new account Wawa Boss. And they said, I'm a manager, and it depends on the store. You should go in and ask. Barring that, if you just start shopping there again, you run the risk of having the police called if someone recognizes you, and then going to actual jail. Trespassing is no joke, and we will take you to court for it. If I were you, I'd ask either the manager or just go to a different Wawa. There are a lot of us. Okay, so you'd think it would end there, but Repentant Mistake Maker actually replied back, saying, As a manager, do you have any suggestions on what might help grant me a second chance? I probably have one shot at asking forgiveness, so if I'm going to go in and do it, I want to make sure I give it my best shot. And new account Wawa Boss gives some great advice, and they say, Don't look sketchy. Dress nice. And that's the end of their conversation. I'll be keeping close watch on this one and let you know if there are any updates. Good luck, repentant mistake maker. I hope it all works out for you. And Kevin O'Brien, if you're listening, see, people can change. And it's never too late, even for a turd like yourself. And on that motivational note, we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 13. No such thing as a free breakfast. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing this theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. Special thanks to our resident behavioral expert, Andrew, for throwing in his two cents on this one. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Let's dedicate this episode to Officer Randy McGoldrick. Great job. Have a breakfast sandwich on me. Before we get out of here, I have a promo to play. It's a good one. From the ladies of a podcast called Resolved Mysteries. 
As I've stated before, I'm a huge Unsolved Mysteries fan. Eliza, Carlin, and Allison break down all the segments from the classic TV show, giving updates and a little more info on the cases. Blast from the past, and I've really been enjoying it, and I think you will too. But I'll let them tell you all about it momentarily. As for myself, I'll be right back here in another 10 days with some more softcore scum for you. All right, take it away, ladies. We're Eliza, Allison, and Carlin, and we're the hosts of Resolved Mysteries Podcast. Our podcast follows the 80s and 90s television show Unsolved Mysteries, hosted by Robert Stack. We have a love for true crime and the unsolved. If you don't remember Unsolved Mysteries, we forgive you, but you don't have to know to get into our show. If you like true crime stuff, ghost stuff, alien stuff, or just stories about weird shit like Bigfoot, this is your podcast. The stories we cover range from totally ridiculous to truly heartbreaking. We do detailed research on all of the segments that Unsolved Mysteries aired, then drink some wine and give you the latest updates on every case. We talk about stories that will leave you laughing, crying, and occasionally outraged. Resolve Mysteries podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your favorite pods. Join us and perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.